half the cat got loose, and no so the way. pilot opened uh, his window, grabbed the cat, and threw the cat out. No <laughs> way! Oh, oh. Yes. And now. Hey, <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> Coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California. This sounds great. You sound amazing. I always sound amazing. It's the world famous. Everybody sit off like BFS. Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening? How are you doing today? Thank you so much for being here. And I am Chris. And I'm Christine. And welcome to episode 156 of the Chris and Christine Show. Fantastic. And also, welcome to 2023. We're in the future. Uh, Well, yes, we are in the future because as we're recording this episode and it's not releasing till tomorrow, we're speaking as if it's in the future. Yeah, what's tomorrow like? (laughs) Hey, speaking of future uh, predictions and things like that, I did hear that the uh, Mega Millions California lottery anyways was like almost up to a billion again. No, I saw it this morning. It's 1.1 billion. Oh, it has crossed over already. Yeah, it crossed over. I saw it on the big billboard as I was driving into San Diego today for an early morning meeting and the... The other one, is it Powerball? Well, which one's which? Because I get yeah, them confused. I get them confused, Everybody's too. just throwing their millions around. I think the Mega Millions goes coast to coast. I think they both do, but they're both kind of... I don't know. I, I think Powerball's only in certain states, and then Mega Millions is in... I don't know. Whatever it is, there's a whole big chunk of money up for grabs. I don't think they have it in Hawaii. I think there's one of the states that doesn't doesn't play along. Did I ever tell you about my situation with the lottery ticket? Just the I think it was just like two weeks ago. Are you trying to tell me you won and you threw it away? No, no, no. I what I was going to tell you is I took some. I think they were clients out. I can't even remember what the whole details were, but I took somebody out for dinner, um, and it was like a couple of individuals. And I was paying for the tab and they were so caught off guard. They were like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Can we leave the tip? And I was saying, oh, no, I've got it all. And the the woman that was in the group with us, she handed me a a lottery ticket and she said, well, at least take this. It's a $20 ticket. And so I've been carrying it around in my purse for like three weeks now and I haven't cashed it in. Maybe we need to go cash it in. And we need to get a lottery ticket, like a Powerball or Mega Millions or both with that $20. Wouldn't that be quite the story if I ended up winning? Oh, it reminds me. It would be amazing. There was a story recently in the news over the Christmas break. We are coming back from the holiday break. Mm -hmm. You know, here we are right after New Year's. Welcome to 2023. That a woman was at a holiday Christmas party or a Christmas party of some sort. Yeah, it's the one where they open the gifts and they steal them from each other. Yeah, it was a white elephant type of gift Mm -hmm. exchange deal. And she ended up with the lottery tickets because sometimes people always put lottery tickets in as the gifts because it's fun. It's, you know, you never know and this kind of thing. Well, what happened was she opened one gift and it got stolen. So then she went and got the lottery tickets. And it turns out those tickets, she actually won off those tickets. Yeah, $175,000. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> grand. She won off of a gift exchange. Takes, I bet the person who actually bought the tickets is regretting it. Now. Well, or the person that didn't go and get that present from the stack that would have had to open it. It was so the the lady that stole the gift was the I believe it was the dentist. It was like a dental office. And so she was like one that ran the practice. And then it was one of the dental assistants or front office ladies that ended up winning the money. And she was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, you know, I 
it would have been nice, but she's very deserving. And I was thinking, well, that's one nice way to put it. But yeah, I, I think we should go do that. Maybe we'll go cash in my lottery ticket later. Hey, speaking of lottery tickets, yeah, that's a good idea is that uh, we have somebody's birthday coming up soon. It's going to be eligible for the first time in his entire life. <laughs> To be able to buy lottery tickets. I know. Can you believe it? Ezekiel is turning 18 on the 18th. It's his golden birthday. Can you wow, believe that? that's crazy. 18, 18. That's amazing. <sighs> I can't I, even I don't know believe what it. I did on 24, 24. I don't think I did anything. Is that? Oh, yeah. Because yours is on the 24. Mine's the 20th. I can't remember my 20th birthday, but not for any illicit reason. Just it's a long time ago. But, you know, Ezekiel is turning 18. I am just so excited for him. He's graduating this year and, you know, I'm going to have to not on his because we're celebrating a few days early with him. I can't give him to him for his like fake birthday, but on his real birthday, like a pack of lottery tickets. And then uh, he's eligible to get a tattoo also if he wanted to do that. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to talk with him. Maybe we'll interview him right before his birthday. Oh, he he probably would love that. (laughs) I wonder if he was to get a tattoo, what it would be of. Oh, probably whatever he's into at the moment. I know. I How many people out there got a tattoo right when they turned 18 and regretted it like five years later? I'd say probably 99.9%. <laughs> oh, speaking of tattoo, I haven't told you this. I'm getting a new tattoo. No, you're not. I am February 11th. That's the name of the tattoo. It's going to be February 11th no. on, your, on your arm. No, I'm Is, getting... You, you got to put an old E right across your back. No. February 11th. I'm getting a new tattoo on February 11th. You know, I've been looking at getting another tattoo for a while now. And I've been looking at different tattoo artists and looking at different styles. And um, one of my friends, one of my floral freelancer friends that works with me on some events, she posted that the gal that did all of her tattoos who's based in Mexico, is doing a guest spot for three weeks at a local tattoo parlor here in San Diego. And so I reached out to her. Her name is Isabella and um, talked with her and finally found a design that I really liked. And so um, I will be putting my deposit down next week and I'll be getting my new tattoo February 11th. Are you getting it to be sleeved? Uh, what arm are you doing? I'm going to do. How did you assume it was my arm? Well, what, what else do you what else do you put sleeves for your I didn't arm? Say right? It was going to be a sleeve. What are you doing? I, you're so funny. The fact that you assumed it was my arm. You are correct. I'm going to do the inside of my left arm right above my elbow um, so that when I'm it's kind of like on the inner part of my my arm. So when I have my kind of painful in those sensitive spots to get a tattoo, you know, beauty is pain. (laughs) They tell you that you walk in the door. Yeah, I want it on the inside, though, so that it's like if I wanted to conceal it professionally because I'm wearing like short sleeve shirt or a jacket that it still looks professional. But if I'm wearing a tank top. It can be a little bit exposed, but I don't want it on the outside. I like to look at my tattoos because I feel like they're for me more than they're for anybody yeah, else. Yeah, if it's on your back, how are you going to see it and that kind of thing, you know? Right. And so, like, some people are like, oh, well, you know, like, get it on the back of your leg or, you know, get it on your your lower back. And I'm like, but what's the point? I really enjoy looking at my tattoos. I think that they're really cool. I was the kind of kid that used to like like drawing on my hands and things like that when I was growing up. So I feel like I always wanted a tattoo. Well, there you go. Now, yeah. now that you hear they have these like really high quality like decal sticker tattoos you can get. They almost look so real that yeah. you don't even know. That and they, they last fake. for nine to 15 months. 15 months? Yeah. Yeah. I thought about getting one of those, but I couldn't find the design I wanted. And 
really, you know, go big or go home. You know, if you're going to go to jail soon, you get those things, those fake stickers, all over, <laughs> so like all hard and tough. Like, yeah, don't mess with me, guys. <laughs> you're so funny. Well, yeah, it's been an eventful couple of weeks around here. Uh, the last podcast episode that we had actually only included one of us on it. And who was that lovely lady? It just happened to be me. Well, hopefully you're not the lovely lady, but it happened to be me. I surprised you as one of your Christmas gifts with a surprise Christmas episode of the podcast. How did you feel about that? Oh, I was in tears. I listened to it multiple times, by the way. And I loved it so much. Every second of it. You did such a phenomenal job with that. Like, wow, Christine actually created, first of all, she created a podcast. She <laughs> recorded it. And then she took her on her own initiative to edit the whole thing and make it sound fantastic, add in an intro with their Christmas intro and all that fun stuff. And she put all exit music on the end and she did it all herself. How'd you even do it, babe? Like, how'd oh, you do it? It took me so long. I really spent a lot of time. I started working on it on Tuesday of the week before Christmas. And then I couldn't wait. Like on Christmas Eve, I ended up like releasing the episode because I wasn't going to release it until 10 a.m. on Christmas morning. But if you know one thing about me, it's that I love and I mean love with a capital L-O-V-E, love giving gifts. And it is one of my love languages. And so like being able to do this blended together, my gift or my love language of giving gifts and your love language of acts of service because it like took me time to create this for you and it's something that you love and I just couldn't wait so it was the best ever I loved it so much I mean it was great you know the uh, this year Christmas fell on a Sunday Mm -hmm. so it just so happened I was off for the weekend so it was great we were both home for the holidays for the weekend it was amazing and same thing with New Year's too yeah and we sat and we listened to it together then you listen to it like five more times the next day. Yeah. And I listened to all at work too. I think went back to work just to hear. Your vo- <laughs> I love hearing your voice. I love he- I lo- two things. I love hearing your voice and I do- love hearing your voice talk good things about me. So <laughs> like hand in hand. Mash those two things up together. Well, we did have a fantastic Christmas in this household and our boys love every year when we release our episode where we give a little bit of a recap about what Christmas and New Year's was like for us. So we figured we'd... Uh, Kind of share a little bit with you about what our holiday was like this year, huh, Chris? Yeah, we had all the kids come over on what day was it when they were all three, all all three of them here together. It was the day after Christmas. The day after, so the day of Christmas. Uh, the it was littles, just you and me. Yeah, we we just did nothing. It was weird. We were here. We both unwrapped gifts together, just Christine and I. Just a few. Just just a few on Christmas, and then we just kind of hung out and didn't do anything. It was just. A really low-key day for Christmas Day for us. It was really nice, actually. I really enjoyed being able to just be home, watch Christmas movies, eat popcorn. Um, I think, did we just have pasta that night for dinner? I think we laid our pajamas all day. I know. (laughs) I don't think we even got dressed. Yeah, we did. But I got back into them pretty soon after showering. (laughs) But yeah, so one of the things that we, we do is, you know, having kids that are in different households with other parents, we've had to figure out what works for us in terms of celebrating the holidays. And so a long time ago, we made the decision that for us, it's not so much about celebrating the holiday on when the calendar says it's Christmas, but waiting to celebrate until all three of our kids could be in the house together so that everybody was getting to experience that family moment together. And so that was on the 26th. Ezekiel flew down 
early on the morning of the 26th. And thankfully, it was before all of the craziness or, you know, in the midst of the craziness with plane delays. But he didn't get delayed. Thank goodness. Right. So he comes in. All the, the three boys are all here together. And they started going over all their Christmas presents. We mm-hmm. got them. So basically, the 26th, when the, everybody was here, was when we really did our quote unquote Christmas morning for the kids. Right. And one of the biggest events we did for the kids, we actually filmed this. I put this on social media on YouTube, I believe it is, is the Christine figured out how to make a scavenger hunt to to reveal the big Christmas present that we got for the kids. Yeah. But before that, let me just back up real quick, just real quick. Um, when, what we do with the boys, in addition to just kind of delaying Christmas for a day or two is we have an agreement with the boys that we write a letter to Santa to ask him to wait to come a day or two until they're all home. And so when they first get here on whatever that day is that they're uh, coming back from their other parents' house and we're going to celebrate all together, that's the day that Santa arrives. And so he's here like with all of the So you make it kind of official for them and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And so, Chris, go on back to the scavenger hunt. So Christine figured out we have this big gift we're going to give them. And we did it like last year. We got them a big present last year, which was our trip for summer, our summer vacation. So we're going to do another vacation for now this year. So how are we going to figure out to actually give them a gift of vacation, or at least tell them the gift of vacation for summer? So Christine figured out a way to make a cool, fun scavenger hunt of little clues that led to the next clue, which led to the next clue. They followed the clues very quickly, actually, almost too fast. I was chasing <laughs> around the camera, trying to keep up with them, until they got to the very end gift, which happened, happened to be a... It wasn't a gift. It was actually a bunch of balloons. They had a pop, and inside the balloons were these letters. They had to like rearrange the letters in a form of a puzzle and figure out what the message actually said. So when they finally figured it out and put the message together, the message said... We are going to, and they had trouble figuring out the last one and, uh, and figuring out the letters and said, there's only so many letters in this word, but it was <laughs> Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And then the second they figure that out, Jacob, he jumps up and down. We're going to Hawaii. And then Ezekiel's like, when are we going to Hawaii? I think, I think he thought we were going to go like right, right now. Then, yeah. <laughs> like, like pack your bag. We're leaving right now. Get yeah. to the airport. No, you had to tell him we're going in July for our summer vacation. And the kids got super excited. And yep. then we had, I had bought on Amazon. Those realistic, but fake, but realistic flower lays. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, we put them on the kids. Like each kid had their own flower lay. I had one too. You had one too. Mm-hmm. And they're all super excited about the fact we're going to Hawaii. I think Ezekiel was looking on his phone, like what to do in Hawaii. Yeah. Pictures of Hawaii, what we're going to do, what island we're going to be at. We're going to go to Oahu, like the same place that Christina and I went to. And we're actually staying at the same resort where we were supposed to stay when we had planned our Hawaiian wedding that we weren't able to have because of COVID. And so we were really excited. You know, it's funny story. So we had been searching for months, I would say months, trying to find the right place to be able to stay at. We'd even tried working with a travel agent and tried to find a good package that was within the budget we wanted to set. And we really wanted to stay in this one specific area of Waikiki. And then it was just two nights before Christmas that, or was it even on Christmas day? No, it was like, like Christmas Eve that I found the package and it was perfect. And so we were able to book a two bedroom ocean view suite at the Hilton Hawaiian village, 
with a full kitchen and resort amenities, which is what we wanted. We did you know, this last year. We went on a vacation, and it was. I mean, we went to Disney World, and the kids had a blast, but it was really exhausting because we were on the go nonstop, it and it was up, hot. Yeah, I was hot up and early every day, and just walking. How many miles did you say we clocked that whole vacation? It was like a hundred miles. <laughs> it was a crazy amount of walking. So this year, I told you that. If we're going on vacation, then we have to stay at a resort and I need a couple of days of just downtime where we're enjoying the pool, getting some poolside uh, daiquiris and things like that, letting the kids snorkel. So we're really excited that we booked at the Hilton Hawaiian Village. And we've we also been there before. So we're, right. very, we're familiar with the property. Right. We're familiar with the parking's at. We're familiar with the pool is. And we, I had Hilton points. So then we were able to use score. my points as the deposit instead of being out like $1,000 up front. So needless to say, it was so exciting for us to finally find the right location. And then for us to do the scavenger hunt for the kids. Because... They love when we get to go places together. Oh, all three of them. It's, it's amazing. I think for us, for Christmas, really, we're kind of doing more of a smaller presents and things like that on the smaller price point. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do like the big vacation, which doesn't right. have to happen right then and there. It's for summer. But you tell them, hey, your big present is the vacation. And because when I growing up, we never did any big vacations like this at all, like ever. So, I mean, the fact that I can share these experiences with all of our kids, not just mine or one and one of the kids or whatever, mm -hmm. all of them going to do these amazing experiences. It's uh, it's quite fun because uh, when they get older, they may not be able to do that, you know, or when they get older, it reminds them of how much they loved to travel and it'll help them remember to do that for themselves before they get married or once they have kids. My whole thing is I want our kids to be able to experience the world and to be comfortable navigating airports and different environments. And then also just to make memories because stuff goes away, but memories last forever. Well, my memory's a little foggy sometimes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why I try to take photos of everything. I remember I got my first digital camera back in like 2004, 2003. And I was like, clickety click. That thing went everywhere with me. Oh, I'm going to the car wash. Take my camera. I'm yeah. taking it everywhere. <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> awesome. Well, has anything new been happening for you this couple of weeks, Chris? Well, thanks for asking, baby. I have officially, I guess I would say officially now, I am a business owner. Yes, you are. It's kind of a weird thing to think about, you know. Uh, <laughs> Podtastic Audio, this little fun little project, which is basically like the behind the scenes to this podcast. Podtastic Audio has evolved into this like helping other people do stuff. And now I've involved it to another level where I'm actually producing podcasts major companies. Mm -hmm. I'm talking major companies. Yeah. Uh, my client is a big, I'm not gonna say the name, but they're a big company. Right. And they reached out to me to make a podcast for them. And I'm like, well, sure, I could do that for you. <laughs> and so we've already got, now I've got them under contract. So I now know. I, got, I got a contract with them. So I'm contracted to create podcasts for them. This is amazing. It is. I am so stinking proud of you. This has been a dream of yours since I mean, not necessarily podcasting, but doing this type of work in telecommunications since you were, you know, high school in your 20s. And so to be able to see you get to the point of building this podcast from the ground up, then podcastic audio from the ground up and building the social media presence and then, you know, testing this out with the company with the first episode and then them contracting with you for an extended period of time. It's like, 
Congratulations, babe. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This it, it's it's crazy to think about. I keep like thinking about this all day yesterday at work. I was like, wow, this is kind of exciting that like, you know, the, the imposter syndrome always kind of kicks in thinking mm-hmm. like I'm never good enough or what I'm doing isn't as professional as somebody else or I don't have the skills or the training or the years of background and and all that kind of stuff. But a way I think about it like this is if it sounds good. And I can put it together for these guys and make it super easy for them where all they have to do is literally click a link. Mm-hmm. I record everything. And then I say, okay, thanks for, thanks for playing along. I'll get your episode out in a couple of days for you. Right. And that's all they have to do is not worry about it. Just make sure they pay me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's great. I, I got taken care of. Like just today, I just finished with the artwork, um, going back and forth, finding the artwork that they liked for their podcast. Right. Because when you create a podcast, you have the image artwork set mm-hmm. up and I went with a um, with an artist who does that kind of stuff, but like I got to go to the client and say, "Hey, do you like this image? Do you not like it? What do you want me to change?" And they have to pass it along to the artist. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of passing back and forth. So I think today we finally locked in the official like logo for their podcast, which it looks great. I yep. think they did a great job on that. So I told the guy, "Hey, do you mind me using you again for the next client I get?" Mm-hmm. So. I'm already projecting out, you know, that kind of stuff. I told next, I told next time I'll try to be a little more specific on what they want because I just, it was a very general, okay, that's a podcast about this. This is what they want. Mm -hmm. Make make me a logo. So he kind of made a few things like, I don't know if they like that, but I'll give it to them. So the next time I'll probably be more specific and tell them this is the things they want in the image, such and such, whatever, give them as much detail as they possibly can. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm just so happy for you. And, you know, on my side of the street, things have been very busy in terms of, you know, we're in engagement season now. So we went through this kind of slow period for a couple of weeks with weddings where pretty much there's no events other than like parties and like Christmas parties and Chris and like holiday events for companies. But I'm not in that part of the industry. I really focus on weddings. And so now um, gearing up with all of my clients to get them ready for all of their spring weddings, and then also working on my social media presence and um, website design for attracting new customers. And so, some exciting new things for my company is that um, I contracted with a marketing company called Mango Digital, and they are doing something called that I didn't even know about. You actually taught me at first SEO. So it's search engine optimization. So basically it means that like when people search you up on the Google interweb, you come up in the field of right. like search results. So they have been doing SEO optimization work on my website, which has been really awesome. And then um, I also have a social media marketing specialist that started working on helping me with producing really high quality content and reels to post to my feed to start building my Instagram presence a little bit more intentionally. And so it's just been a really exciting time, but it definitely has kept me super busy and like lots of different irons in the fire, as they say. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, social media, I mean, if you do it correctly, it's almost like another job, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of another job and being so busy, recently I got tied up on one day when we had an interview. And I'm so thankful that you and your mom partnered together 
to interview somebody that came across her pathway on some of her recent travel adventures, right? Right. They met this individual on a cruise, and he guess he was the, the speaker or the yeah he was a speaker on one of the cruises they were on. They actually had dinner with the guy mm-hmm. at the cruise. I guess you have dinner. Uh, yeah, like the tables, the assigned seating tables. Right. Yeah. I guess he sat with them, and, and my mom loved them. He says you got to have this guy on your podcast. Yeah, she like messaged us while she was on the ship, and so Chris made it happen. And because I wasn't available. We got to have Sandy co-host this interview with Chris, and it's going to be up right after this. Are you in the middle of wedding planning and feeling overwhelmed? There's no need to fret, my friend. Christine Smith Designs is here to rescue you. Offering wedding planning, coordination, and wedding floral design services, let us help relieve your stress and make your wedding day dreams a reality. Visit us at christinesmithdesigns.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E smithdesigns.com and request a free consultation. You'll be so glad you did. Okay, everybody, welcome back. And today we have a fantastic guest join us all the way from Alaska. And in the studio, we have another fantastic guest filling in for Christine today. And my mom, Sandy, is here on the show. Say hello to everybody, Sandy. Hello, everyone. And coming to us from Alaska, we have Brendan Jones, who is an author and a father. And coming to us from cold Alaska, if I mentioned it already. Welcome to the show, Brendan. <laughs> Hey, Chris, and hey, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, we really appreciate this, Brendan. So you are all the way up in Alaska. What part of Alaska are you in? We are actually in southeast Alaska, so they call it the Panhandle. So it's uh, it's south of Anchorage, about 800 miles north of Seattle. Yeah, but okay. So where is so Anchorage? How close is it to Anchorage, you said? We're kind of like right between Seattle and Anchorage, kind of the midpoint. We're we're on a small island, actually not so small, seventy seven miles long Baranoff Island, but we're just a small little town right on the the western edge called Sitka, eight hundred to a thousand miles north. Still, you'll hit Anchorage. Oh, I see. I've never been to Alaska. I, I I know nothing about Alaska. I know it's north of here quite a ways, but, mm-hmm. but and I know you're close to Russia and the North Pole. How how's Santa Claus up there? Have you guys meet him? He's close by you guys, right? Uh, he actually lives in Alaska. So North Pole is is a town in Alaska. So when my kids write what they want for Christmas, it's very easy to get up to the North Pole and back. So that part's easy. We actually did that the other other year, but we forgot to include like a note back to the kids. So they sent us like the letter back from North Pole as they do up there. Um, but it but the kids ripped it open and it was just an empty envelope, which made them all cry so it was terrible. oh wow that must have been something Boy. it was very very disappointing for everybody my wife's like god you're supposed to send something they can send back come on <laughs> anyways yes santa is in alaska true story oh fantastic what's the temperature up there now yeah right now it's 22 it's it's we are actually in the world's largest rainforest temperate rainforest so generally it's in the high 30s but but we are getting a big high pressure system an arctic front that is going to drop us into the negatives it's going to be really cold Kids are thrilled. They get to go ice skating and play <laughs> hockey and everything on the lake in town, but it's going to be really darn cold. You know, one thing I know about Alaska, I remember used to watch that show, Ice Road Truckers. I think they did a season up there in Alaska. Are you close to that stuff? No, 
Negatory. No, that's that's all further north. Like yeah, northern Alaska. That that route that they talk about. But that's yeah, that's pretty much all all takes place in Alaska. It's it's a huge state. You know, it's it's three times the uh, the size of Texas. And if you stretch Alaska out, it could join New York and Los Angeles. I mean, it's absolutely like the globes that you see. You know, in primary school, don't don't do it any justice. Really, it looks very small, I guess. And yeah, Alaska. I mean, it's it's still spread out. I mean, what are like some of the major cities that everybody seems to like really go to or live live at when they're in Alaska? Hard to answer that question because they don't exist. I mean, there's there's Anchorage. Right. Every, um, everybody knows Anchorage. Everybody's heard everybody, of that. Yeah, everybody knows Anchorage. So that's like three hundred thousand people or something, maybe a little bit less. To give you some concept. Like we live in Sitka, which is population 8,500. We are the fifth largest city in Alaska. So we are like, we're considered, we're, we're like a city in Alaska. So it's really only Anchorage and Fairbanks, which are substantial. And the rest of Alaska is really pretty rural with not a lot of population. I think Fairbanks has like 30,000 people. The capital of Alaska, Juneau, which no roads go to, incidentally, has I think 30,000 as well. Oh, interesting. So before you got to Alaska, where were you living? I mean, you obviously weren't born there, right? I was not. I was born in, in Colorado, in Denver, Colorado. But I grew up largely in Philadelphia. And I didn't come to Alaska until I was 19. Now, what brought you to Alaska? Let me guess. Were you, were you hired to be one of those crab-catching boat fishermen? Did they, did they tell you you can work up there? doing? Oh, man, if they had seen a picture of me in high school, they never would have hired me. No, it, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. No, I, I just, I did a year of college, and I was responsible for paying part of my college tuition. And I was also going to school in New York City, and I just, I kind of had enough. And I, I got on a Greyhound bus, and I went west, and I ended up in Sitka. And I got a job at a salmon hatchery, and then I got a job at a newspaper. And I lived in the woods for seven months because I couldn't really afford rent. Wait a, town. a second! Like you lived in the woods in Alaska? Is that even a thing? It would be cold, uh, I would think, man. Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing. Yeah, I was over over the winter again. It's it's the rainforest, so it's not. It's not like Christopher McCandless, you know, type thing where you're you're going up there in a bus and you're in the subarctic. What was so that, it that movie? That movie? What was that movie called? The Wild. Into the Wild. Yeah, Into the Wild. Yeah. So we went to end up in Alaska. That's right. He did, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And so he actually died shortly before I went into the woods. So of course, my parents were like, "No, <laughs> don't <Yeah>. do it." <laughs> well, uh, but yeah. So what did you do while you're out there in the woods? Like, what was your what was your mission? What did you do? Well, I mean, I, I was working in town and I, I was just maybe 25 minutes outside of town. So I'd go in and out each day. But I don't know. You're young and dumb, you know, you just do crazy stuff. And I was probably searching for my own kind of rights of initiation, you know, f- finding what is difficult and trusting in it and challenging myself, doing all sorts of stupid stuff. I mean, there are 1,500 brown bears, coastal brown bears, bigger than grizzlies on the island. and Bigger than grizzlies? Yeah, they're huge salmon fed, just beasts. And I was just, I just didn't know what I was doing. I had no, I burnt down my tent my first couple of weeks out there. Oh, um, no. How did you, you, you do that? Come on now. I'll tell you exactly what I did. I had a whisper light stove and you have to prime the stove to kind of heat it up. And I didn't notice when I was priming and I was like, God, why isn't this thing working? That all the fuel was just making like a little puddle right in my vestibule. And so when I actually put a match to it, the whole thing just 
just went went right up my ve25 north face tent and and so that was that so i ended up making a hut of all things cutting down a bunch of trees and i that's that's where i, I lived for a little bit you know i used to love watching the show man versus wild do you ever watch that with bear grills yeah 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 what a fantastic guy i heard he got busted i guess they were like putting him up in hotel rooms hear about that it was like Part of it was fake, but I think most reality shows, I mean, there's some element of that with that kind of stuff, right? I think, yeah, they, they busted him on something like he's a phony and everything, but God, I don't know. I just, I want to believe. I want to be a believer in Bear Girls. I think he's uh, awesome. Well, I want to be a believer with all those reality shows. I even heard that the, <laughs> I heard that, I was reading some research on Survivor. I used to love watching the Survivor show. I haven't watched it lately, but I used to be a big fan, you know? And I heard yeah. that between the challenges, they would actually put him in vans with like, blacked out windows and everything and they like drive them to the events and drive them back and that whole, that whole resort and everything on the island and stuff and or whatever they were doing i mean yeah they didn't, no, they didn't, I, yeah i i've heard that i've i've heard the same thing that, that that's kind of for real the craziest story i don't know if you ever read about it was the survivor show that was being shot in scotland no and oh yeah i don't remember it entirely but it was it was like a british series of survivor or something but the I think it was like Survivor UK. It got canceled, but nobody told the people on the show. So they were so they were still like doing the Survivor thing, and but nobody was filming them anymore. And well, finally, they they just like, if you're on television, there's no cameras around. When you think like, oh wait a second, <laughs> what's this about? Because there's nobody, there's, the crew would be the crew's around you all the time, right? Well, no, this one it had like hidden cameras wherever they were. <laughs> <laughs> and and so they ended up just like emerging from the Scottish wilderness, only to learn that the show had stopped broadcasting. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. That's gotta be. That sounds like a like the whole premise you just said sounds like a premise of a, of a movie. It does. It really does. You know, it kind of remind me of that kind of stuff. So, what was your diet like when you're out in the wilderness? Oh, shrimp ramen, like full on. Lots of shrimp ramen soup. I had like a little blue enamel pot that I put on the fire. A lot of Japanese noodles. Basically things I mean, you cook, a, cook with water on a pot, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, very straightforward. A lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh, I love peanut butter um, jelly. But, I mean, I slowly I started to, I mean, as I said, I grew up in downtown Philadelphia, but my uncle had a farm in central Pennsylvania, and I always loved the outdoors, and slowly started. I actually met somebody who really helped me kind of learn to hunt, learn to collect berries, learn to collect mushrooms, learn to collect seaweed. So our family and our kids right now are are very much in the subsistence, which is awesome. But also, like food on the island is really expensive. Like a half gallon of milk is nine dollars. So um, wow, is that the same as Hawaii? I heard Hawaii is pretty expensive. Yeah, too. Hawaii is crazy expensive. It is. It's it's very similar. So like getting our we get we're allowed to get six blacktail each year per person, and putting up a lot of salmon and the girls are always picking berries and mushrooms like that really goes a long way. So do you know the difference between good berries and bad berries, bad mushrooms, good mushrooms, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I think in the movie into the wild, I think the berries would kill them, right? You get the right, eat the wrong ones or something. It wasn't the berries. It was, I think it was the potato seeds. Like he, okay. Mistook, it was something um, that he, yeah. Something he picked off the land and ate that was not yeah. good for him. Yeah, and then that essentially made his body starve itself. I think people since then have kind of like questioned that and come up with different different explanations. But yeah, I think Krakauer in his book talks about that. So, Brendan, have you done any more cruises? Talked to any more cruise ships, like in the like in September or um, October? I did a couple in September, and then I was actually just talking with Princess. I'm going to do more than I did last year for the coming year, starting in. 
I think early May. Oh wow! I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Do you have any cruises? Not planned, to Sandy? not to Alaska, but you just do the Alaska ones, right? I'm no good for anything else. No, really you don't want to go to the Caribbean or anything like that? The Bahamas? Come on. I mean, I do, but I don't know what I talk about. Like, boy, <laughs> is this this is so nice. Everybody's in their bathing suit and gets to sit on the beach. I mean, <laughs> there's no hardship, so there's nothing to talk about, right? So, Brendan, what is it you do for the cruise? Because I don't know what you actually do for the cruise ship. I Maybe you can explain it, Sandy. I mean, I don't. what, what do I do for the well, cruise ship? Well, you do a presentation, but it's just w- one per trip, right? Or you do several? That's right. No, that's right. So in your presentation, are you selling anything or are you just talking about the land or what are you doing? I am. I have two books that I've written, two novels, and a third's coming out. So I I touch on the books and then afterwards sell them. But I largely just talk about Princess is actually great. They have this North to Alaska program. And I kind of kid that they like take us wild Alaskans and like put them in a little jail on the cruise ship and then kick <laughs> us off as soon as they can. But they allow us on the boat and then we give a presentation just about subsistence life in Alaska and what it's like to be here over the course of the winter and, and also what it's like to raise a family here. So that's that's largely what I talk about. So what is it like to raise a family in Alaska? I mean, is it different than any other place on Earth? Ah, I mean, Earth's a big place. I mean, it's it's certainly... <laughs> It's certainly its own thing. I mean, we're we're on a remote island, so you can't get here by vehicle. There are no bridges here. Everything comes in by either boat or plane. We have just 14 miles of road. I mean, more people have boats than cars here on the islands. We're not the top of the food chain. You know, if we ever go out into the woods, we're always armed because, you know, a bunch of friends have had interactions. I've had interactions with, with bears. Yeah, that's that's not fun. The water is a constant killer. I just lost a very good friend whose boat capsized the other day. No. I mean, so yeah, I mean you're just constantly you're just constantly aware of danger, but you're also just constantly kind of living in the moment and watching out. And I think it's a great place to raise kids because they do just get an awareness that you, I think, don't get in the lower 48 and just an appreciation of the wild. But that said, man, I, we were actually down in Laguna Beach, not far from where you guys are. And God, if I if Haley didn't almost step off the curb, my oldest daughter. Oh, really? She just didn't have any concept of like, I grew up in the city, so I can kind of like see, like triangulate when like the bikes are moving and people are jogging and a car is moving and a truck is moving. And this one guy was trying to take a, a turn on a light just before it was, and I saw him accelerating, but Haley didn't. And so she was about to step off the curve and just lunged and and yelled to stop her. And she was just in hysterics because she didn't know why I was so crazed. But all to say that like they don't necessarily get what it might be like growing up in a city or, or suburbs type thing. Have you ever taken your kids to say like a theme park, like Disneyland or anything big like that? <laughs> I think the tops of their heads would explode. I I, I have yeah. not. I, I think it's probably on our list because we do have siblings who think we're totally crazy for living the way we do, and they're gonna try and like have an intervention or something oh, and take yeah. our kids. I, I was kind of thinking the same thing too. So like like <laughs> Disneyland, Disney World, all those kind of Disney places, you know? Because we went to Disney yeah. World the last last summer or the first time that our kids went there. I've been there once a long time ago, but not since they expanded the parks and they got all these parks and it's crazy you know, it was super hot it was in florida of course and it was during the middle of summer and i wasn't prepared for the heat or for the humidity 
you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it gets hot here too, like 100 degrees. Okay, I can handle that, whatever. But there it was like 90 or whatever plus 110% humidity or whatever it is. And it just sat me dry. I was drinking, chugging water bottles all day long. And it was crazy. Do you guys get summers like that up there with humidity or no? Absolutely not. No. I mean, it's never going to get over 75, maybe. I mean, yeah, I've, I've spent a little time down in San Diego and God, your weather's just killer. I mean, absolutely amazing. But I think the girls, even the time in Laguna Beach, they're like, Dad, it's so hot. I'm like, it's 85. <laughs> 85 is not hot. But then they, they really wanted to like go in and try to bodyboard or surf. And, oh, nice. Uh, and so they were like running in the water and all the boys were like, no, you need a bodysuit. Ah! And the girls were like in their little bathing suits. They're like, why are you yelling? Relax. We're going in the water. <laughs> you know? What time of year so was this just, that when you were there? Oh, this is in April, early April. It's a little chilly. Yeah. I think we start getting like July is when it's, you know, summertime because things get a little better, I guess. But the water does get cold here. I'm sure it's not as cold up there as it is down here, you know. But uh, we get the same cold. We get the cold front from you guys. It comes down this side. So all the current, it flows south. So all the southwest, all the water from you guys is what we get in our water. So it's pretty cold for us. Yeah, it gets it gets kind of pushed down. I remember reading about that. Although I have to say, I went in this morning on a polar, on a polar plunge after a run. My, my friend convinced me to go in. And oh my gosh, that wakes you up for real i mean it is it's the ocean is very very cold right now it's got to be like mid 40s or something like that or like high 30s it's just it's really freaking cold so how cold does the ocean actually get do you know like what's i mean i know you got icebergs and stuff but how cold is that water oh god it's 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 i mean it, it it'll freeze up in the in the harbor and it certainly freezes up in the arctic but the north pacific it's got to be high 30s low low 40s i think probably i think probably like in the winter it'll go down to near to near to freezing i'd say it's really darn cold so i hear about that arctic plunge you're saying about and they actually have these chill baths and ice ice baths people take or whatever how does that work and what does it do for you Ah, uh, it makes you really cold, all right? Well, I, I can figure that <laughs> much, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say after the experience this morning. No, like, I'm I'm all into, like, the Wim Hof and everything and, like, trying to get your breathing right so you can, you know, get circulation up and such. I think what it does is it expands the ability of your blood to carry oxygen, and therefore it allows you to breathe better and your heart to pump more blood and all that stuff. Um but I will tell you, psychologically, it just very much anchors you in the moment. Like you are right there in that cold water and nowhere else. And and you just come out of it just feeling like totally blank and like very confident that that was the worst part of your day and everything is going to get better <laughs> from that point on. So okay. psychologically, I think it's it's pretty healthy. Now, how long do you, are you allowed to be in there? I mean, before like the Coast Guard like flies a helicopter and just scoops you out or something. I don't know, but we, my 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 friend this morning, Ben, he was underwater for a good little bit. I tried. We were probably in there like three or four minutes, and he That's just long. kept saying, "I know." He's like, "This is the water is warm and the water is boiling, and we are not uncomfortable." And I'm like, "The water's not warm. The water's cold. <laughs> I am very uncomfortable." <laughs> Your mind games aren't working. I have to get out now. So, yeah, I don't know. They say mind over matter, but it certainly puts it to the test. I guess that's the same thing for, like, the guys that say they can walk on with hot coals 
or yeah. laying on a bed of needles or whatever. I don't know. You know, like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah, it takes a special person for sure. So your books, what are they about? You've written two books, right? Yeah, yeah, two books. And Sandy, I forget if you ended up with a copy of either. No, I never, I never did. Went to the store, but they didn't obviously didn't have any have anything left at your at the store. I know you sold out like that. Are you showing? Check that. Good job on you, Brandon. (laughs) Well, I bring two books, so it's not that hard. (laughs) I see. Gotcha. And you leave one (laughs) of the bathrooms. We do. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Um, yeah, the first one is about a young woman, Tara Marconi, who comes from Philadelphia and commercial fishes in Alaska. So she's a young woman kind of working her way up the ladder of the commercial fishing industry. And then the second one, which actually just got a a super nice award, the Green Earth Book Award, is about two twins who also come from Pennsylvania, a small town in Pennsylvania, and and they come to Alaska and try and stop a clear cut that's happening on a remote island. So that's that's a young adult book. Oh, so it's kind of almost like it mirrors your life a little bit, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. I've, so far I've been able to write about one thing, and that's like coming to Alaska, and for that matter, like do presentations about it or podcasts for that matter. But the next book is going to be about, we spent a year, my family spent a year in Siberia, in Russia, and so the next book is nonfiction, and it's going to be all about our time in Russia. So I'm going to kind of break break the mold a little bit. Okay, so you said you went to Russia. How long were you there for? A year. A full year. How does that even work? Mm. How do we How do we live in Russia? Like, how does that even – I don't know. It blows my mind. I mean, I know you guys are close by. It's probably like, what, a five-hour flight or whatever. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Geography is not my best suit, but <laughs> – <laughs> but but I'm saying like like it's not that far for you to go to Russia. For us, it'd be like us for us in San Diego. It'd be like us, we're going to go to New York. It'd be the same thing as like you going to Russia. I'm guessing. But how does customs work? How does all that stuff work? How do you live there? Is it a green card or what? Mm, you don't need to marry anybody. Much to my wife's happiness. So we're like we can stay married and everything. No green card. We do need to apply way in advance for visas. I applied for something called a Fulbright Scholar Award. And a Fulbright is run through the United States State Department. And needless to say, they they make things a little bit easier. So they, they fund you and you have to do your project when you're over there. But they give you a lot of support. You even get a special number if anything goes wrong that you can call and you know, Delta and Seal Force will come in and like swoop oh, you out. Well, how, <laughs> kind of like we did for what's your name, the girl, the basketball girl, Brittany Griner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to do a pretty nasty exchange to <laughs> right. make that happen. Yeah, yeah, I think about that when you mentioned staying in Russia. The first thing that popped in my head was her and her situation and things like that. You guys ever uh, have any scares like that? We had a bunch of different situations. We were under close surveillance, and that's largely what, what I write about. You know, pretty in-your-face, like there wasn't a lot of subtlety to what they were trying to do. But I'm supposed to go back in February, and especially after what happened with Griner and the other fellow, Paul Whelan, being kept over there, I'm I'm rethinking that right now. Yeah, I, I would too. That's like All that stuff really scares me about traveling internationally. I'm half-traveled internationally. But I watched those shows like Locked Up Abroad and what's the other one? There's another one that had like a smuggler thing I was watching. It's all about the smuggling. Like you got something in your pocket or you got the bags got switched at the airport or something or you trust somebody trusted you to carry something or who knows what, you know. But 
It's just those, some of those other countries, like their laws are different. It's like what you think is okay here may not be okay there. And then like Brittany Griner situation, you're locked up for how many years? You got like nine years? Nuts, you know? Yeah. So you got to be you got to be careful when you do travel. And that's what I think. Yeah, you definitely have to pay attention and just be aware at every moment. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's still up in the air right now. When when is your book coming out or is it already out? Uh the third book, no, it publishing is glacial, so it it probably won't be out for about a year, something oh, okay. like that. Okay, well, I'm interested in reading that. Yeah, I have a big article coming out probably tomorrow in Adventure Journal about going to the Arctic and okay. going to some Russian Arctic towns. Okay. Uh, do they do things a little differently over there in Russia and the Arctic towns they do in some towns like like where you're at in Alaska? Are they are just I mean that region you figure it's all you guys pretty much deal with the same climate, right? So it's not like a I mean, are you guys pretty similar with a lot of that kind of stuff? You know, Alaska used to be owned by Russia and there was the in the the Duma in Russia, the equivalent to Congress, somebody floated the idea of taking it back. And there are a lot of similarities between Siberia and, and Alaska. And for that matter, there are a lot of, I mean, a lot of our, our streets are named for Russians. And no way. there's still some Russian descendants and old believer towns where they only speak Russian. So there's a, a pretty heavy presence of, of Russia up here. I guess it's kind of like San Diego and Mexico, you know, Spanish and Mexicans and, and all that yeah. being, being right next to the border and border town. So I guess you you guys technically kind of are a border town. Is there a tip point where Ru- where Alaska and Russia, you can like see, you can see across the, the bay or whatever, you can see Russia from it? Yeah, it's it's actually called Big Diomede and Little Diomede. United States is Little Diomede and Russia has Big Diomede and I think they're separated by like a mile and a half or something like that. But I had a friend who actually kayaked from the United States from Little Diomede over to Russia. No way. Yeah. And the border guards were like, you can't come in here, but we're really curious about America. Can you go and buy milk without being shot? Is that possible? Okay, here's some Russian cigarettes. It's time for you to go home. And he paddled back. And they were cool about letting him go like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. They were were super chill. Wow, that's, that's, all the movies would say otherwise, you know. I mean, all those movies from the 80s. I watch all those things back in the day, man. So Yeah, Russians and especially Siberians. Are, my grandmother's actually Ukrainian. I mean, they're just very open-hearted and, and uh, just wonderful folks that we encountered and just very much about families. They love families. They love kids and... So we just found our reception to be really warm and, and open-hearted. So when you were living there, were you, did you bring your children with you? I'm assuming, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. They went to Russian school. And my no way. youngest came back. I mean, she was re- learning Russian at the same time as she was she was one, as she was learning English. So she had a Russian accent. Still kind of has like <laughs> a weird Russian accent. Like my zipper, do my zipper, daddy. No way. Zipper, zipper. Yeah. And like the grammatical structure of her sentences is very Russian. And wow, what a trip! That's crazy, yeah. man. So Russia, wow. So do you, are you speak any fluent Russian at all? Are you picking any of that up? I I can speak. I would not say I'm fluent by any stretch of the imagination, but I, like enough to get myself in trouble, you know, and talk about like political stuff. But I'm certainly not. The, my, the, the, the like high point of my Russian ability is when I was in the market and somebody asked if I was from Poland. 
Poland. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, you don't, you know, obviously you're not from Russia, but like the Polish speak pretty good Russian. Oh, and, I had no idea. And that's, uh, yeah, they're they're right next to it. And that, so I was pretty happy with that. Brendan, I was going to ask you, when you're living on Sitka, what you have medical facilities or if you take, take your kids to the doctor, how do you do that? Do you have to fly somewhere? That is a really good question. We've had, yeah, with our kiddos, there's a great hospital. It's called Search. It used to be only for the Clinket, for the, the indigenous population up here. And now they're serving everybody, but they serve all the smaller towns. And they serve, well, they serve white people too. So mm-hmm. that's really happy. But for two of our kids, we had to fly off the island to give birth because mm-hmm. they were problematic pregnancies. But our one kid, we were able to give birth here on the island. Oh, wow. Wow, that's crazy, man. So if there's an emergency, do you have the same kind of like 911 that we would have? Or is it something different? We we pay a certain amount each year. I think it's $250 for guardian flight. And that's a plane and a helicopter, which basically if we do have an emergency, they would fly us to Seattle, you know, very quickly. And we wouldn't have to pay, you know, $40,000 for the flight, and then actually I'm looking at the house right now, our, our good friend flies helicopters, the Jayhawks for the Coast Guard. So if we're ever out on the trail and there's an emergency, it's the Coast Guard, which has its helicopter, and they'll they'll pick us up. Do you have a problem with cell phone signal up there? And if you don't or do, do you have to have a, like a satellite phone? Yeah. So there's only one tower on the island, and when a lot of tourists or cruise ships are in town, it doesn't work so well. It gets overwhelmed. Yeah, um, Mom, when you're in town, the cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying any names, Sandy. Gosh. <laughs> so overloads your um, network, I'm guessing, right? It overloads the network, yeah. And and so when we go out of town, yeah, we'll have a Garmin or some sort of sat phone set up. Yeah, I wonder what that costs. I know, do you hear about the new iPhone 14? has got something like that built into it. Hear anything about that? No, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's one of the new selling features. I, I think it's on the top dog model. It, usually this, these big features usually aren't in the small feature one. I think it's in the big one where they do have a feature service. I remember seeing the promo for it where it's a satellite funk function, but it's only for like a limited time and it's, it's super expensive to get the service or connection or you know whatever it is to do it. But it will do, and it also does like emergency like messaging, I think, through the same service, through satellite servicing mm-hmm. or whatever, to find mm-hmm. out where you are in the woods. I don't know how, like I've heard too many reviews on it, how it would work, but I always thought that's one thing I thought like the cell phone companies need to figure that out, because, or cell phones need to figure that out because you know what it's like hiking in the woods somewhere and your phone has no service. I mean, I can go in down the street sometimes and have no service. And uh, if you get attacked by a bear or something, who knows what, you'd want them to come find you immediately, I would hope so. It's a constant argument I have with my wife because I love getting out there and just not having the phone and not being compelled to check it or, you know, all that stuff. But, of course, with three kids, you always want to be in touch, not to mention if you do get, you know, run into trouble, you'll be able to be in touch with folks. We did hike across the island and my friends got in trouble and had to, to call search and rescue. And luckily they had a sat phone if they didn't have a Sat phone, they would have been in big trouble for sure. What are those costs, by the way, the satellite phones? And what do you know what they are and what the monthly fee is on those? I think Garmin charges, God, like twenty five bucks a month or something like that, and that allows you to text. They're like they're different. They're different levels that you pay, or like different plans. But I think the phones themselves are like four hundred bucks or something like that. Right, but I think I think your minutes aren't aren't like as frequent as the ones we have normally. It's like probably like a five five minute call or whatever, ten minute call, whatever it is it takes takes to get the. It's before emergencies, I would I would think. I mean, I don't think people are having 
full on hour of conversations with satellite phones across, you know, wherever. No, but I um, think it's really just texting, largely texting. We, oh, really? Yeah, I think Sandy, you might have seen some pictures of the Warm Springs cabin that we have on the other oh, side of the island. Yeah. Where, yeah, there's no cell phone contact, and it's just people use sat phones and they just text, text with it. So there's no internet at all, or do you have internet or anything? No, zero, nothing. What's that even like, man? <laughs> oh, God, Chris. <laughs> it's so nice. You just get to hang with the kids. There are hot springs there. You can go to the hot springs. You, I mean, the the number one thing the kids say when we say that we're going over to Warm Springs is that, oh, that means you're not going to have your phone. Like, they get so excited just to... <laughs> Have our undivided attention. Oh, my kids mm. would not know what to do with themselves. <laughs> oh, my God. They're, they're glued to their phones. Like, out of school, get right on their phones, TikTok and whatever they're into. I don't know. YouTube, probably. And they're totally into that kind of stuff. Are your kids into any kind of creative stuff, like making videos or, like, wilderness videos or anything like that because you're out there? No. I mean, they're they're younger, it sounds like, than your kids. They're six and seven and, and two. Okay, yeah. So they're... They're not, and my, my wife is very, like we had somebody who wanted to do like a reality show type thing with the kids and she shot that down. We had PBS, they wanted to send somebody up to do a documentary. She wasn't into it. Like she's, I think the kids, I mean, she's pretty pretty private. And okay. I think the kids yeah. kind of follow in her, her footsteps, at least when they're so young, you know. Right, I get that, you know, too. It's like, oh, my mom's got a question. Go ahead. All right, when you do the next cruise, is are your family your family going to be on the ship with you? I hope so. I think they're getting old enough, and they have that that school that they do the the at sea school. Right. So, God, my wife is so ticked off that she doesn't get to go. So I'm going to really try and I get one free. Uh, one free passenger, and I think I can convince Princess. I've been doing it for long enough to take the kids as well. So I, yeah. I hope so. How long yeah. have you been doing the cruise thing? I think this is like my fifth or sixth year. I, I generally don't do a lot just because it's tough on Rach, my wife, to watch the kids and everything. But yeah, I mean, like six years, something like that. You were talking, I remember when we were on the, you know, at dinner that night that you were talking about that maybe a world cruise, they had offered you to do a world no cruise. No way. Is that? Yeah. The- we're still talking about that. It would be like three and a half months. So it'd be substantial. But yeah, Chris, I was telling Sandy that the princess mentioned the idea of me writing blogs and then having the whole family on a world cruise starting in January and taking three and a half months. I think they leave out of LA oftentimes. Yeah, it's a pretty big port over here. They got the Long Beach is pretty big. Well, that would be really cool. What, what, What cities, what countries would you be in if you're just familiar with experience in Alaska? What countries would they have you talk about? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what they would want me for other than like maybe just like less talking about countries and more talking about what it's like to have a family on a cruise and like blogging about it or podcasts. I don't I yeah, don't know. That would be good. That would, would be really know. interesting. Yeah. Hey, hey Brendan, I got, I got a question about the cruise thing. Do you get a suite or they put you in a little like uh, with those cots that like swing from the ceiling kind of? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> They like hand me off a hammock and a piece of bread and then just <laughs> yes, say we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to see you until you present basically. No, I like over the years I I really did start like my first sorry princess for blowing you up like this but my like my first spot was beneath the crew weightlifting area like on one side and then the crew bar on the other side. So like I would just constantly the slamming of weights oh, and like this, yeah. 
Serbian techno music. They're ants, ants, ants. It's oh. just constant, <laughs> constant, like three in the morning. And But these days I actually get a portal. So I actually get a little window. And oftentimes I think it might have something to do also with COVID. Like they're not fully booked, but they've been giving me passenger, not suites, full on suites, but at least like nice rooms with the bathroom and everything. So it's not... It's not like, yeah, swinging in the hammock with the rats and all that. Right. I was kind of wondering about those cruise ships. I know, like, I, I went on one cruise once, and the crew, the, the how many people are usually a crew on a cruise ship? It's about 100 people, 200, I don't know, any more than that? Thousands. More Thousand? Than that. Oh, I don't yeah. know. How would I know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> like they, 800, or, yeah, it's a lot. And they have their own quarters, I guess, in the very bottom of the ship somewhere. They're, like, hidden below decks, I guess. Oh, man, deck four. Yeah, it's so fun to go on. Deck four, it just totally changes. Like, oh, it's in not the fun no more. Well, oh no, it is fun. It's so fun. It's just a totally different environment. You have like the Filipino dudes that given haircuts in the stairwell with like a little no piece way. of mirror, and you've got the crew bar and like dudes smoking out the portholes, drinking Budweisers, and. I mean, oh, it's, it's a whole, what? it's a whole scene. It I reminds it. me of the the movie Titanic, Titanic when they're yeah, in the third, totally. third, uh, was it third class party and they're dancing around. Steerage. <laughs> Steerage. Steerage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that what it's like? Oh, it, there's like, it is like, there's like a feeling of festivity down there and like everybody can just be themselves. So I, I really dig it down there. They get paid pretty well to do the cruise thing. I know there are a lot of them are foreigners that do it. So they get paid in, in, in dollar. I mean, how do they get paid for that kind of stuff? I don't know if it's their own currency, but I know Princess and it's owned by Holland America is, is pretty aggressive about going out and finding good folks. So I don't know what their pay is like, but they seem to get really good folks working on the boat. Yeah, they're, they're gone for months, I'm guessing, at a time, right? Months. It's like, yeah, nine months on, three months off. And uh, it's when I, I was on before with my kids and so many of the folks were like, oh, kids, you know, and then we realized it was because they missed their own kids so much. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was going to say that, yeah, all the people that we interacted with on our cruise were very, very friendly and very helpful. And in fact, we're going, I'm taking my granddaughters on a cruise for spring break, the Pacific California Coastal cruise and it's mm. on the same ship so i'm hoping we'll see some of the people that we saw in august i don't know how long their contracts last and when they start again we'll get more people on but i'm hoping i get to you know see some of the people that we saw on the last cruise but we'll see so yeah totally yeah it's really nice when you can come back and see the same folks right it's kind of rare though for almost anything really think about it you know you know as an asker Brittany, so these print i've never been on a princess cruise i have no idea have you been on like What's the one that's like, I see pictures of, it's like really, really famous, really like the world's biggest, and the, it's got like a mall and a, a zip line and a crazy water slide thing and all that. Which, have you been anything like that? I have only ever worked for us. I know that there's like the Quantum of the Seas or something that's run by Royal Caribbean. I mean, that's huge, huge. It's um, like a freight, like what we call like a, a cargo freight or freighter thing, even bigger, I think. Oh, it's like over a thousand feet long and, you know, thousands and thousands of passengers. But yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know exactly which one you're thinking about. Yeah, I, I saw this commercial for one and it, it looked like it was literally like a downtown cityscape just slap dab right in the middle of a ship <laughs> kind of a thing, <laughs> you know. And it was like just had all this stuff and a big mall and a big like water slide and zip lines and a big like... I mean, it looked, um, the cruise ship I went on was an older ship, like Carnival. I mean, not Carnival, but I mean, they're probably like the 
the McDonald's of the cruise line industry. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but, um, totally. but they, but they're, you know, everybody loves going there. They're cheap and whatever, you know, and they, things like that. I noticed that when COVID hit, cruising really took a major, like probably the biggest ones take a biggest hit. What are you doing? Any, what happened during those years? During the COVID years, yeah, I mean, of course, the Diamond Princess and Princess, you know, wasn't great at getting the best PR. So they kind of suspended a lot of their work. The year after COVID, they just started going at, at half capacity. And it's funny you mentioned the crew. I was talking to a bunch of the crew and they were like, we were partying in the presidential suites. It was awesome. You know? <laughs> like They really got to see a bunch of spots on the cruise ship that they wouldn't have otherwise. But I think the cruise ship industry played it pretty well. They just kind of like held their breath a little bit and slowly eased back into it. And now, I mean, God, Sitka is going from 100,000 cruise ship visitors to 500,000. Wow. And it's just completely changing the face of town. So I think that they're really revving back up. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't make it to Sitka. We were at Icy Strait Point, and it mm-hmm. was freezing. I just remember that I didn't have a raincoat on. It was raining. We're in an open bus going up to wherever we were going on the tram, and then we went through the to the forest. And I think we should have gone to Sitka. It was so cold and <laughs> rainy, and oh, didn't like yeah. it. Yeah, Sitka is really, I think a lot of folks are trying to get here. It's tough to get to because it's on the outside, so it takes a little bit longer. But I think we're getting even more folks next year. It's it's a special little town for sure. Uh, I was going to say, Brendan, about the cruise shipping is that when we took a, was it was 2021, Christine and I flew down to Mexico. We flew down to La Paz, Mexico, mm-hmm. and they have a yeah. bay down there. And there was probably like 10 cruise ships parked in the bay. Um, yeah. just sitting there, just doing nothing, just parked off maybe a mile off the coast, just all just like collecting in that. It was like a, it was like a cruise ship junkyard, <laughs> but it was all these cruise ships. It's kind of weird to see them all in the middle of the, the bay there, just parked because they weren't using them, I guess. They had to put them somewhere, you know. Was that, was that during COVID? But I think it was, was the it? year after COVID. I think it was 21. Um, I think it was 21 we were there. Yeah. Yeah. But we still had to wear masks. I mean, I mean Mexico was very strict about COVID. Even, even the year afterwards, they were like, masks on all times you had to like like if you went off the what was it was you had to, if you're on a boat and you got on the land you had to dip your feet in this little water like dish thing with like water rubber mat mm-hmm. thing to like get the germ whatever bugs off you and go or parasites like i don't know do you guys do stuff like that at your place i don't i don't think so but no no we don't <laughs> i mean we have less to do with that sort of thing but just because it's alaska everybody takes their shoes off before coming inside but i mean we're just kind of like already isolated on an island so we had a it was very easy to you know figure out who's coming on or off the islands during the that whole thing so you know for better or worse we we had an all right time of it so being that you are on the island do you have or own your own personal private water plane (laughs) float plane i think is what you're talking about yeah i call them water planes because they're on the water (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a boat plane, I don't know. Perfect sense. Yeah, you know what? That is, that is my dream. And when my book gets made into a movie, the first thing I'm going to buy, my wife knows this, is a float plane. And the second thing I'm going to buy is lessons on how to fly my new oh. float plane. <laughs> well, that, 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 I think the first thing you want to get is like, I mean, you know, I mean, they always say like um, uh, taking off is easy, but landing's hard. But especially yeah, in the water and the wind. But yeah, I a lot of people have them and they look so fun. And I've flown one like with with my friends and that's that's certainly the dream 
I've never been inside one. I can only imagine what it's like to land on something like that. Does it ever like, I know when you, you fly in a regular airline and you hit the ground, sometimes they hit it kind of rough and it's like a bang and you're kind of like, and there's such a rumbling sound and you're kind of slowing you down. What's it like when you land on water? Oh man, I just had a couple or like a couple years ago, a couple of friends visit. We went up in a float plane up to a place called Cold Storage and I was so excited to pull this prank on them. Like you're coming into this mountain lake and they had never been on a float plane either. And you see in the trees just kind of all this twisted metal. And of course, my friend Jeff is like, what is that? Like as we're about to land, I was like, that's a float plane that crashed. No way. <laughs> and just to, like see them go pale was so priceless. But yeah, when you land, I mean, it just it just depends on how windy it is. You just want to land on something nice and flat. And if you do so, it's just like you hardly even know that the floats are on water. But if it's choppy, geez, you, you definitely feel it. You're getting bounced all over the place. Wow. And then, and then once a float plane lands on the lake, you can use a propeller to like drive it around like a boat? kind of thing yeah yeah those guys are really good i mean oftentimes it's ocean that they're landing on and they know the currents or the tides or the winds they can kind of let that move them but yeah it's just got a a single prop and they use that these pilots man they are totally i mean they're like the best of the best here in alaska there's actually one of them one of my favorite stories is there's a family from down south that really wanted to go up and and they wanted to go up with their cat and the pilot was like we're not taking your cat in the float plane like i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah i can allow imagine your cat to get loose and start clawing us but they insisted and he finally relented and i guess they were up there and and sure enough the cat got loose and no so the way. pilot Opened his window, grabbed the cat, and threw the cat out. No way. <laughs> oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> no way. And he was like, I warned you, and I'm not going to endanger all of your lives for right. like, a stupid cat. Down. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, I know. I'm I mean, sorry. yeah. I mean, I mean I'm sure Pete is hating you right now, but you know, I mean, <laughs> oh, man. well, did the, the cat have parachute exactly. at least? Come on now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But before he threw him out, he put on like a little cat parachute. He had it all ready. So everything's good. I just try to tie a trash bag to his tail. <laughs> Call it a day. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry. You know, speaking of airplanes like that, I know we live close to an airport around right here. There's a couple of small airports around here. And you always hear like there was one recently, Mom. Wasn't there a plane crash? Cessna crashed not too long ago. And the pilot died. It was maybe like five months ago or something. Like that. You always hear something like that around the neighborhood of... Cessnas, like I've been in Cessnas, you know, and things like that. But it seems like those are the ones I keep hearing about in the news. <laughs> they keep crashing, not the big ones, but the uh, the small ones do. It's like, eh. did they happen quite a bit over there? I mean, you said you mentioned a crash in the water, but did they happen quite frequently? You know what they they do, and it's kind of freaky. The yeah, like the Cessnas, I think they're the one hundred eights or the two seventy twos. Like they just have a couple folks in there, and they're so light, and uh, or the Super Cubs and. You just do one little thing wrong and you can get yourself in trouble really, really quickly. And I've certainly had friends who've gone up there and haven't come back or pilots. Gosh. Who haven't. It just happens so fast. So, yeah, it's definitely not a you know safe thing to do. Like that plane crash at the air show. You see that the, the images of that yeah. came out a little while ago where the two planes collided yeah. in the air show. And the girl screaming on the video, is that supposed to happen? Is that supposed to happen? And she was mm. freaking out. It, it breaks your heart when you see that kind of stuff happen, you know. But it, it's, it's kind of the... When you, when you put your life in a situation where, I mean, you're risking your life, you know, when you do things like that. I mean, I guess the same thing you said about driving your car on the freeway, you know, that's why I have seatbelts and things like that and, and rules of the road and things like that. So, 
But Brendan, this has been so fantastic. Have you join us all the way from Alaska, man. This has been great, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Where can everybody find out all about you and all your wonderful stuff, man? Uh, yeah. Well, first off, it's been such a pleasure and special thank you to Sandy for making this all happen, for yeah, getting a good nice. word out. And it was nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Hope to get you on another cruise that actually comes to Sidka. So yeah, that see. would be nice see this place yeah you know the usual i don't i mean i tweet i have like a follower but i just i don't really oh yeah what's their name much, what's their name the follower <laughs> give a shout I, out <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to check the exact name of my one follower i don't know but yeah i'm on instagram adac tug and then um and then of course facebook and then i i have a white website brendanisaacjones.com which is kind of the clearinghouse for a lot of the writing that I do. And then, as I mentioned, this this big article in Adventure Journal is coming out, I think probably tomorrow. And so that should be really good reading about those small Russian towns in the Norwegian Arctic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm around. And then Whispering Alaska and The Alaskan Laundry are oh. the two books we talked about. I want to, What was the name of the article in the journal you're going to be on? Or going to be uh, yeah, the, the the magazine's called Adventure Journal, and the article, last I checked, they were calling it No Passport Needed, because you don't need a okay. passport to go to the Arctic. Okay. You don't? No, no, not... Is, no. It, is it No Man's Land or something, or what? It's like... This, this the Svalbard, it's, it's maintained, it's governed by Norway, but it's not technically part of Norway, so it's in their Russian villages in the area, so you don't need a passport to be there and it's also incidentally illegal to die there you're not allowed to die either what happens if you die there will they kill you again i don't get it what are they gonna do to you? yeah you you get a ticket you get oh your trouble. body gets a ticket i guess <laughs> when they bury you is it iou yeah. or something like that um, when I your family is burying you yeah you yeah i just wanted to ask you in that area can you see the northern lights it's a great spot to watch the Northern Lights. Superb. We were there in April, and we did not have the good luck to see them. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. good, great spot to see them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Fantastic. Well, Brendan, thank you once again for showing up on the show today, and we really appreciate you stopping by today. And you have yourself a great, wonderful weekend, and happy holidays, man. Yeah, likewise to you guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. If you love music and podcasting, now you can have both. Introducing the brand new K2 radio station, available 24-7 on the Live 365 app for free. Specializing in rock and alternative music, we're talking bands like Coldplay, Nirvana, Muse, Imagine Dragons, and yes, even the Rolling Stones. They have all stopped by to drop off songs, and we even have brand new popular tracks added every single day. Also on the free K2 radio station, we are including podcasting. Get the best of both worlds. Download the free Live 365 app or listen online at live365.com and type in K2 Radio. Well, that was such a great interview with Brendan, and I really loved listening to you and your mom co-host that interview. I know. I'm always a little nervous, you know, because it's always nervous when you get on the mic for the first time talking to people, you know, that kind of deal and everything. She was a natural. I, we should have her co-host with you more often. Why? Oh, really? Mommy, listen, <laughs> come on in. You know, the, the studios, the microphone's yours. Yeah. By the way, I love your parents. They're just amazing. I'm so lucky to have them as, I don't even like to call them in-laws because in-laws feel so sterile, like I've heard people call them like they're in love, like 
their love, mother in love and father in love. It kind of sounds weird, but I need does, something. Yeah, it does sound a little weird. Yeah, it's just like I don't like being called a step parent, like bonus mom. So, oh yeah, like yeah. bonus bonus parents maybe. But then that makes them sound like step parents. So, anyway, Sandy and Fred, we're gonna need to come up with a fun term of what I can call you because. In-laws just doesn't quite describe the amount of love I have in my heart for you. <laughs> oh, well, I love I love you. And I love you listening. I love everybody out there. Yeah, definitely. And we are so grateful for you, all of our listeners, for continuing to follow us along on this journey and for subscribing and sharing our episodes. And so if you want to learn more about us or follow along with us on the journey, and did you post the the web or the video of the kids on the scavenger hunt on the yeah, website. Yeah, it should be on. No, it's not on the website, but it's on our YouTube channel. Okay, and so where can people find our website so they can link to our YouTube? That is chrisandchristineshow.com. And I'll put a link to that into the show notes today. Definitely. And if you want me to, I actually put a link to that YouTube video in the show notes also. That would be awesome. And just a new thing that Chris and I wanted to announce, something very exciting, is we are officially Amazon Associates. And so we have Amazon affiliate links that we're able to put into the show notes of the podcast. So if you're wondering about any of the equipment that we use or any of our Amazon favorites, Make sure to click on the links in the show notes and go ahead and go on over and purchase some of that great equipment. And it's another way that you can support us here on the podcast. Fantastic. And we'll be back with you next, next week. week.